Welcome to this episode of Let's Chat. I'm your host, Chris Revel, coming from the Cat Cave in Providence, Rhode Island. Sorry if I'm a little bit quiet. My wife is sleeping, so I'm recording this intro uh, Why she's in bed. Uh, what a great guest today. We have Drew. He's the writer and director of Raising the Dead, short film, the dark comedy that I absolutely love. Uh, this is a really cool episode for me. A little while back, I had on Biff Swenson. He's uh, one of the actors in the film, also a fantastic musician. And uh, him and I recorded months ago, and it was before the movie was out. And um, so I was really looking forward to seeing the film. I saw the trailer, and I was really intrigued by it. Uh, and I finally got to watch the movie after it came out. And um, I think I just texted Biff like a 55 times explaining how much I absolutely loved Raising the Dead. And it just it was so good. It's well, very well written, solid comedy, it's shot beautifully, and it's a great story, and I wanted to see more of it. So I just like asked Biff. I was like, man... Do you think the director would come on? So uh, Biff worked his magic and got me and, and Drew connected to each other. And bam, we have an episode. And this is exciting for me because like, I, I think it's pretty cool. I, I like that I can now interact in media like that. Like, hey, I like this thing. I wonder if I could talk to that person. And um, it, it's happened a few times. And it, when it happens, it feels really good. Uh, Drew's an awesome dude. He's worked for WWE which he talks about, we talk about music, we talk about a lot of cool stuff, so if you haven't seen the film, that's okay, you'll still like the episode. One really cool thing I felt about this episode, so this show is free and will always remain free, um, so if you want, what you could do instead of giving me money, which I don't want, go to RaisingTheDeadFilm.com, just watch the trailer, promise me that, and if you like this trailer, buy the movie, it's five bucks. And support the film. Go on Twitter. Talk to Drew and me. Let us know what you think of the episode. Just interact and tell your friends about this film. It's really great. We're hoping we'll see a movie or a TV show out of it in the future. But Drew is just the man. So big shout out to Biff for getting us connected. That was uh, really awesome. Of, really awesome of him. Anyway, as always, we're on the Core Temp Arts Network. All of our links will be on there. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and uh. Thank you to all the new listeners who've been coming in. It's uh, been seeing a good jump in numbers and it should make me feel really, really good. So thank you for new and old listeners alike. Be so kind. Leave an iTunes review. I'll stop rambling. Let's get to it. Let's Chat with Revel and Friends is part of Court and Parts, a podcast network featuring pop culture, TV, and movie podcasts. Check out our other shows, That Pop This Live, Talking Shondaland, We Got Five, and TV Ate My Brain at courtandparts.com. The hard, the hard, you never thought that this cop would take it this far. Now I'm in the limelight, cause I rhyme tight. Time to get paid, blow up like the world trade. Born sinner, the opposite of a winner. Remember when I used to eat sardines for dinner? Piece of raw jeans, Brucey B, get your brain. Funk, master flex, love, bump, star, ski. I definitely want to hit up t- the topic of the movie, but that's, I have like a few things I think of ahead of time and. But I was like, I listened to you on a different podcast. I'm like, oh, you know Biff, this should be easy. Yeah, no, <laughs> so, totally. Yeah, I was listening to the one with Biff earlier, and uh, oh, awesome, Thanks. just to kind of get an idea. Yeah, dude, definitely enjoyed it. So, um, that was, God, that's funny because that was like that was it must have been like last July or something. Yeah, based on think, based on what we were talking, like him talking about the Indiegogo campaign and stuff. Going to see Weezer. Yeah, like, I mean he sees them all the time, but yeah, he saw them recently. Yeah, yeah. It's that been might, that long. Yeah. He was in Maine, and then like. So his sister lives up here, and, like, so that's how we met. And, like, yeah, I think he was driving from Maine to Jersey and stopping off to see his sister. <laughs> yeah. Like, All right, man. Yeah, whatever awesome. works. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I went to Providence last year. Was, uh, are you in Providence or outside of? No, yeah, I'm actually, I'm in the city, yeah. Nice, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. It was nice. The weather was shit, but yeah, that, that was good. Yeah. Yeah, I grew up in Connecticut, and then um, five or six years ago, I met my now wife, and, like, never came here then i'm like holy shit this place is like fucking awesome and now like yeah i'm in like that neighborhood it just got too awesome so i'm getting yeah out, like a month and it's like i just keep like running into people from brooklyn taking vacations up here i'm like stop yeah. moving here <laughs> we're in Damn uh, it. we're in uh connecticut did you live uh meriden like the dead set the dead center oh okay i lived in stanford for three years when i was oh well, nice. working for wwe so that was uh Oh, good. That was my first question. I saw a lot of WWE credits on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if I don't know if we started yet or if when. Oh we yeah, yeah. It. I'll find an edit point. Uh, oh, okay. So, did I just ruin I saw, that now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is it's right. been recorded the whole time. Oh, okay, cool. 
all right, hello. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. I, I don't know. I just I I listen to a lot of Nerdist podcasts, so I was like, I'm just gonna copy them. No, it's good. I listen to a lot of wrestling podcasts, so they kind of do the same thing and just kind of roll with it. So, and so, how did you get to work to WW? Was I, I don't know anything about wrestling, so if I screw up any of the lingo, yeah, it's like not WWF <laughs> anymore. It's WWE because of the World Wide Feder- the World uh, Wildlife Foundation wildlife. or something. Yeah, yeah, so yeah that was, was like that was like 14 years ago at that point. At yeah, this point, so it's out. like yeah, so yeah, pretty much everyone else our age did too. But uh, I, I held on. You know, still I can't let go. It's my uh, it's my drug of choice. But no, I think that's dope because I feel like I was like a dick about it when I was younger for people <laughs> liking it. But now that like I'm older, like I just started getting into like comic book movies as an adult. I'm like, why did we have to stop liking stuff that we like when we were a kid? Like, exactly. I'm just I'm just it's kind of in waves for me. Like it starts off everyone's liking things, and then they a lot of people left and just you know kind of gave up on the stuff i like and i'm like i'm just gonna ride this out see if they come by on the other side and then they go back up and it's you know people are starting to like a lot of the stuff i like too so i just kind of let never let go of the 90s and now people are back into it yeah yeah i kind of felt that same way i'm like i just never stopped liking cartoons (laughs) yeah there's there's a dark period in between where people weren't liking it but uh you I know, still do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then the internet came. I was like, ah. Totally, yeah. It's cool to watch your favorite stuff. But how did you get uh, – what were you doing for the WWE? Uh, so I, I graduated from Monmouth uh, in New Jersey here. And uh, my whole senior year, I was kind of kind of on top of the guy from HR at WWE and, you know, just writing him letters. One, one of the guys who was a producer at WWE, who I actually ended up in the same department as him, also graduated – waited for Monmouth a few years before me. So they were looking for people and I was, you know, I didn't even think about that as a possible job. And I'm like, Oh shit. Like you could, you know, I could actually work there with, you know, my degree and everything. So I was on top of the guy for the whole year, probably annoyed the hell out of him. And, uh, so, you know, just happened, a position just happened to open up as I was looking, you know, as I was graduating, looking for work. So literally the Monday after graduation, I started with WWE, even though I didn't walk at graduation because I hated it in high school and I refused to do it again. <laughs> but I'm like, uh, my yeah, my parents were a little disappointed about that. But uh, yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I started that Monday and uh, I produced shows for their on-demand channel and uh, kind of worked at pitching. You know, I pitched a couple shows for uh, their. They have a network now like ww network it's basically just streaming it's not on tv or anything but uh, i pitched a couple shows for that nothing really came of it but uh, i did come up with a original show with this wrestler zach Ryder, and it was basically me and one of my other buddies in the department who the guy who went to monmouth uh we you know got to work on that show it was just our show it's kind of like you know our baby we wrote it uh directed it you know got to work with Zach, he's a really cool guy, and uh, you know he's had a comedy character. He's you know he still does. He's still with WWE, and he so we got to I got to do a lot of comedy writing for him. Got to work in a lot of references, like you know a lot of Back to the Future references. Uh, you know, just there was this uh, yeah, it was just a lot of a lot of different stuff. That was you know I was, had done some comedy writing in college, and it was cool to get to work that back in because a lot of the other stuff was basically just repurposing old footage and just you know so it's good to air again. And this was actually going to do something creative. There does seem to be like a some wrestling dudes and comedy dudes who kind of like dip into each other. Yeah, totally. There's this wrestler Colt Cabana. He has a podcast and. Uh, he yeah he's hilarious he's he does stand-up comedy also he's yeah he's got that hybrid uh and he's his character is very comedic but he yeah he's like even if you're not a wrestling fan he his podcasts make you interested in whoever he's talking to that week which you know is i think the goal i mean i'm telling you you're you're a podcaster. <laughs> I'm giving. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, getting, I'm tossing life lessons out to you here about podcasts. <laughs> great. This is my second podcast I've ever done, so obviously I know what I'm talking about. But <laughs> yeah, but you make films. So <laughs> yeah, like, that's true. So he, your, your work's way harder. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But even like uh, John Cena. No, who, yeah, he's really funny. And uh, Chris Jericho when he's like oh, a yeah. nerdist. Holy fuck! Yeah, like, dudes. <laughs> Actually, John Cena in Trainwreck was fucking hilarious. Dude, so good. He I was couldn't in, get over how good he was. Yeah, he was in uh, he was in Sisters also. 
and I bet he was great. Those, yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, I think they shot those around the same time. But he was in. Uh, yeah, he was in Sisters. He played some drug dealer or something. I think, but he was actually really. He was really fucking good. I'm glad. I'm glad it's like because WWE's all PG and shit now, and uh, which makes it you know if people growing up like that's a lot of the reason why a lot of adults aren't fans of it anymore. But yeah, uh, but I'm glad they're not like you know oh we're PG so you can't be in R-rated movies and stuff. Like he just goes all out in those movies and it's fucking hilarious. Even one of my favorite SNL skits of all time was uh, The Rock as Superman. Oh my god, <laughs> so good. He, yeah, yeah. He's like another one where like I kind of want to hate his beautiful face, but he's like really funny. <laughs> he, like, he does have a beautiful face, but he's gorgeous and he's <laughs> built and he's such a he's a good actor and he's like yeah. he's super fucking funny. Like, I don't Dude, like he's all blowing up. Yeah, like, it destroys me. Like he's like the trifecta. I'm like, uh, yeah, it's it's funny because like I always there's like um it's always like wrestling, comedy, and music are like all cousins of each like one yeah. way. All, there's always like the punk rock dudes become comedians and vice versa and then wrestling and then once in a while you find the trifecta of wrestling yep and <laughs> then comic and, books in the mix too and like, his name is the rock yeah yeah yeah, yeah. didn't <laughs> yeah. he play like dungeons and dragons and shit i don't know i oh, mean that's vin diesel yeah i mean same guy it's easy to get confused they, bald they all look alike yeah and, I, and by they all Wrestlers. i mean i mean bald people yeah <laughs> but we're all we're are they, they're both white right I don't know. No, well, the rocks, the rocks, the Samoan, right? Samoan and half Samoan, half black, oh. or African American. I don't want to get in trouble. I don't know. I'm like trying to find their figure out what the right word. Anyway. Oh, African American is. Uh, <laughs> What's the least racist way to put that? I think because, it's actually the most racist because uh, I think it is too. I because mean, not everyone's American. <laughs> or African. African, yeah. I was gonna say the same thing. I'm like, like I don't. Like, I have a, my good friend in college told me that because he was from Sierra Leone, and he's like, I am not. And he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not American. He's like, I live here, but I'm not from America. Yeah. I'm from Sierra Leone. And then he's like, you go to fucking Canada, they don't walk around like, oh, look at those African Canadians. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so seriously, it's like actually a shittier term because like if you're Jamaica, Jamaica people who are. I black, was gonna say Jamaica, yeah. Yeah. Or like Dominican Republic or yeah. you know, stuff like and then, that. Like, yeah. it, Africa is what 169 countries, so like. There's, Africa, a, lot. There's a lot of them. Yeah, but <laughs> we're not here for our lessons. Yeah. <laughs> Especially our probably way off lessons that way would off. that it's would like, that would corrupt a lot of kids trying to learn learn Africa's life lessons on this podcast. Right, all right. Make a po- make people listen. Find out how many countries exist in Africa. Yep, yep. Well, yeah. <laughs> just it's a uh, continent, damn it. <laughs> make make sure they uh, they tweet you or write on your Facebook and just yeah, yeah. let you know so I can learn instead of Google. Tell us that we're wrong. Instead of not only do I not know this information, but I refuse to Google it. So yeah, that's I'm the only way I'm going to find out about it. You know, it's, I was at um, I went to Rhode Island Comic Con this year, and uh, I saw Ron Funches there, like walking the floor because he was performing. He's like a comedian I just fucking love. Yeah, yeah. So I like, I didn't know what to do. I was like, I gotta say hi. So I just like did a nice quick hello and like backed off. He was really just sweet. And I walk away and I look over and he was walking to get his autograph from like two old wrestlers that I had no idea who they were, but you could tell like only like diehard people were. Yeah, yeah. And like, I saw his Instagram later and he looked so happy. I was like, that's fucking awesome. He's <laughs> you know, a big wrestling guy. Yeah, I mean, you a lot of people you wouldn't expect are just are wrestling fans. And, it's, you know, it's awesome. Like I, you know, that, that job was awesome for me because not only did I produce shows for their on-demand channel and stuff, I, uh, had the opportunity for about a year and a half to go wherever they were in the country that week for about like two or three weeks out of the, uh, like two or three days, um, for their weekly show out of the month, fly out wherever they were in the country, kind of help out a little bit backstage. But my main thing was just kind of bringing the tapes back from each camera for their show raw. And it was like, I guess I didn't trust like mailing it back or whatever. So they had That's an awesome. actual human bring. I felt like a drug trafficker pretty much. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, if you lost that, you'd be fired. Yeah. TSA pretty much treated me like a drug trafficker too. So, cause I didn't understand what beta tapes were. So oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, I got stopped a lot, but, um, just getting to hang out, you know, backstage with, you know, some of the wrestlers and just, uh, just like watching, like just sitting, in catering and watching the undertaker wearing a fedora just kind of like hanging out in the backstage area celery just like blew my yeah exactly like 
He's actually a vegetarian. No. But, yeah, he... Uh, Who, that's the other wrestler I think I was thinking. Mick Foley, right? That's the... Oh, guy. Mick Foley's he, awesome. He was on, like, Nerdist Podcast once. This is all my knowledge of wrestling. It's just from their own podcast. <laughs> yeah, yep. And I think he spent an hour talking about women's rights and, like, rape uh, uh, survivors and domestic abuse and just, like, trying to raise awareness. And, like, he was the sweetest gentleman who's all he wanted to do was protect our protect um our human beings from being like assaulted i was like you yeah. guys don't expect that from mcfoley but he no was, like, he's he's very like, uh yeah he's very art- articulate yeah he's i mean he's done he's written a few books like even when he was still wrestling uh and he's but yeah he's um from what i remember he's very involved with the i, I don't know the the acronym or you know what it stands for but it's something with it's like rain or something like that but it's something with yeah like he's very involved with that i keep seeing tweets have him uh trying to raise money for that different events but we actually tried to he was one of the people earlier on in the process of making raising the dead that we tried to get in to having to have a cameo in it but uh yeah he like i'm sure it would have been awesome to have him but the price he was asking for was just for like one day work was yeah. was almost the entire budget of what we ended up getting for the film. So, <laughs> and then like, would it do anything? I mean, exactly. It would, but, yeah. But would it, it... Nah, it, it would be, it's more like, it would be cool for us. And then we'd be yeah. like, all right, well, like the 10 people who's, who are actually going to see this movie are going to be, <laughs> are going to think yeah. it's cool too. And then, cause it's cool. Cause you'll get them, but that doesn't mean he's going to market it for you. you yeah, totally. Money to, to travel around the country to show your movie. Like, I mean, it's exactly. fucking awesome, but it, it, it's just a weird thing too. Like, I've I've done in a very small scale had the podcast. Like, I'll get someone. I'm like, oh my god, this is gonna be huge. Yeah. Like, well, no, and then vice versa, and then there's those rare people where they end up being everything you want, and then they help promote you without asking. So yeah, totally. I mean, they, yeah, we uh, you know, we had a couple people in the movie who were you know who did that too. Like we people who we j- just met, like the person who played uh the main character's mom uh she is awesome her name's patty rossborough and she yeah she just we i met, i found her on a uh on the schedule for a uh comedy club like stand-up comedy club that because she performs stand-up and i was just kind of going through and just trying to because i don't know that many old older lady she's not old sorry patty you're not old like older <laughs> women uh actors or actresses who have the comedic timing so i was just looking everywhere i could and i came across her work and she's just hilarious and you know so we hired her for that we didn't know her before that but then she's been on board ever since and she's been coming down from new york to come to all the you know the festivals that we've been in and everything and it's constantly promoting it and it's just it's awesome when it works out that way and people are willing to help each other that's so dope. And um, so we, we should definitely talk about Raising the Dead. Um, I don't know if Biff told you. I, I, I fucking – the reason I even asked you on is because I, um, I saw it and I fell in love with it. It was like – I thought you saw my Facebook profile picture and we're just like, this guy's cute. That, that's actually why we're here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he works in wrestling. But yeah. And yeah. then like I think I texted Biff. I was like, I mean this is a compliment, but it's like a real movie. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't know how to say that without sounding like a dick. No, he said that to me a lot of the times. He's like, people are coming up to him and being like, oh, this is actually a real thing that you're doing. Like, it's not like almost everything else that you've ever done. You're like, this is actually real. That's yeah, awesome. And not, and not to like insult it. It's just like. No, totally not. He, just, yeah, he has well, his. The quality. The, it yeah. was the quality of it just because like I've seen a million people short films that are shot on iPhones that are just fucking terrible. Yeah, I had to sit through. I mean, nothing personal against you know, a lot of the other people in the festivals we were at, it was just, um, you know, it, it ended up being a lot of very tough ones to sit through, <laughs> just production quality wise and everything. And I'm only because I'm in the business, you know, so I'm, I'm kind of a perfectionist myself. So any details or like anything that's missing, I'm like, I wish, like, I wish I could have just like, and this is making me seem like the cockiest asshole ever. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to say like, because if I was watching it and, you know, noticed something that was missing, like a uh, audio dissolve missing or like just a bad cut in the edit, yeah. like I'm just like, just I wish I could have just like, just let me do a couple things that would make it look so much smoother. Like, but that's just me being a perfectionist and, you know, fucking snob, apparently. Yeah, my- that makes good filmmaking. Yeah. I, I like, but it's so like Clerks, like the movie Clerks, like, you know, you're obviously. Jersey yeah. yeah. Guys, I yep. assume. 
love that everyone loves that movie because the writing is amazing, but it looks like shit because it was filmed in the 90s. Yeah, and it, yeah, and it's like, yeah, if it was, it's black and white, you know, which is always a uh, a trick, I guess, if you're shooting lower quality, uh, you know, on lower quality film, that you know you shoot in black and white because it won't be as noticeable that you know that it's as bad quality. Like if it was color, and then you had to get it colored, which is also super expensive, and uh, it's just yeah, there's a lot of a lot of extra uh, costs yeah. and everything that goes into it that people don't realize. And that was I believe that was you know the reason why they went black and white with it. But the content is just so great in that. Oh, it's yeah. But that's the, the thing I like about Raising the Dead was like it was visually like. There's nothing about it that I just like, oh, it's like shit. It looked really good, but like the writing was really good and the comedy was there. And yeah, it thanks, was like, it's like an actual movie. I was yeah. like, tell me, I'm like, Piff, this is like a real movie. Like, yeah. I don't want it to end. It needs to keep going. I need to know what happened. Actually, for anyone listening, maybe you should kind of explain what it is in case they're like, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we, we shot a short film that I wrote and directed. It's called Raising the Dead. Uh, it stars Biff Swenson, who's the guy Biff we've been talking about and forgot to introduce. Uh, he was on an earlier episode of the podcast, so go back and listen to that, I guess, I like- at some point. Uh, great episode. And uh, also stars Taylor Allen. Those are the two leads. And it's basically about a guy who comes back from years of volunteering abroad to find out that his mom and brother told everyone he was dead. And uh, they do that to collect the life insurance money. And he ends up leaving the house and doesn't have much money to his name or anything. So he heads to the local bar for dollar beer night and runs into his high school nemesis, who Biff plays. And, uh, you know, things kind of go from there. But uh, I actually wrote it as a feature film. And, you know, we're going to see how much money we're able to raise. And kind of we wanted to get the short film there as a way to kind of help get extra funds for making the feature length. So we made it out of the first 30 pages, you know, 30 something pages of the feature script and, you know, kind of shot it all ourselves and, you know, just a lot of people volunteering their time and, and, uh, you know, an effort. We had a lot of long shoots. So it's like, I'm surprised people came back after some of the shoots, like the three 30 in the morning shoots, like, you know, it was just, ridiculous but um it was honestly one of the best experiences of my life and just i think everyone who's involved with it now that we've released it and had the premiere are seeing that it was worth it and you know we have something forever you know show the fruit of our labor and um so where did you get this idea from? Like, is this from your WWE days or like, cause you have a little comedy background and the, the comedy in it is solid. And there's one point I'll bring up in a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so we had, uh, basically I was coming back from vacation in, uh, I went to the Dominican Republic with, uh, my parents and one of my sisters one year. Cause I hadn't had a vacation in a while. My parents were going. So my sister and I both kind of piggybacked on their vacation and, uh, so I came back and I hadn't really used my phone all week and I finally got service again when I was on the plane, you know, when we landed and I was like, you know, I, I'm, you know, I probably have all these messages coming in. Like, you know, people have been trying to get in touch with me, like, where have you been and stuff? And I'm like, what if like nobody responded, nobody even noticed you were gone you know, or I was gone and everything. And like, you know, and then they kind of just spiraled from there. And th- that sounds a lot more depressing than I meant it to be, but it's like, you know, cause uh, but we, it was, we all have that thought. Yeah, that exactly. Be. Yeah, of course. But it was more of like a creative thought rather than like, you know, wow, my life sucks type thing. It was like almost, you know, because when I'm coming up with ideas for things, I kind of what if is like the main thing I keep repeating in my head. Like, what if this happens or what if like this was a scenario? And that's helped me kind of branch off a lot of ideas. And so that kind of it kind of led from that to you know, to the idea of like, oh, well, you know, what if like my parents, you know, told everyone I was dead when I was away for a while, stuff like that. So like, you know, kind of, kind of just rolled from there, but, um, yeah, it's, it's been, I think like it ended up kind of developing into something. A dark comedy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I should say that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, I I always gravitated towards those kind of movies and, uh, it's just, yeah, it's just something that's not supposed to be funny 
to making humor out of it is, has always been because that's what I that's kind of how I deal with things in life anyway. Like when it's yeah when it's stuff like when you know you're going through shit, I usually make jokes out of it at least in my head because a lot of the time it's not. <laughs> if I actually said what I was thinking, I would get a lot of shit from people. But yep, that's just one of my you know ways I deal with it and just the fact that people can make movies about that kind of stuff and have it be considered, you know, a legitimate type of movie is awesome to me. Dude, dark comedy is hard because it's, it's hard to find the humor in it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not going to ruin anything, but my favorite, favorite scene of the entire movie is that one beautiful shot you did of uh, the Ernest reference and they all just kind of <laughs> pause and look at the camera. Yeah. Like, oh my God. I liked, I really liked the whole thing, but when that happened, I was like, Oh my god, this is like Simpson shit. Yeah, it's <laughs> not everyone's yeah, gonna get it. Exactly. Yeah, that's like that's the that's the risk with and with comedy, especially over any other kind of movies, is that everybody or like you know, there's so many different types of humor that people like, and people aren't gonna like everything that you put in every kind of humor, you know. So we. I try to mix it up a little bit, but ultimately we just try to make each other laugh. And when I was writing it, I tried to make myself laugh. And I grew up a huge fan of the Ernest movies. I used to rent it at the video store almost every oh almost God, every single crazy. time I went there. Yeah, our par- our poor parents. Yeah, I, I know. Watched the Ernest scared stupid. Is that the yeah yeah man? The the Dude, oh my God, that was every the weirdest fucking, fucking ending. Yeah, yeah but, I mean, I watched that a. Th- I, I tried to watch it as an adult, and I could not fucking do it. Yeah, like, <laughs> that happened to I, me with so many movies. So I'm like, fuck, man, why did I watch it again? I had such I, good memories of that. Yeah, God, God, I was – the earnest jokes were just like – I'm like, this guy's speaking to me. Yeah, <laughs> I know. if you didn't get it, it didn't matter because that's like, that's the, um, you know, like the high-hanging fruit. Like if you get the earnest joke, holy shit, this is a great – if you don't get it, it's still funny. So it's, not, yeah. it's layered. There was, one, then, there was yeah. one very obscure aspect of the earnest thing, though, that I think – it was very. It was a toss of whether or not to keep it in. Is with Nicole Atkins at the end, or like you know, again, don't want to give too much away. It's just kind of like a little bit what when she is talking directly to the camera. I was kind of referencing how like Ernest would talk to Vern all the time and like their earlier stuff. Like there was not. I don't think it was as much in the movie. I think in like Ernest Saves Christmas, they yep. they did that. Hey Vern. Yeah, exactly. So that oh, would, that was more that, of a play. That, yeah. Man, but that's, that's something perfect. like yeah, that's something like you might either like you know have to watch it a couple times or like you know look it up with like what is this you know to think about it. It might not be as direct as like having a picture of Ernest right there, but oh I, no, man, I caught yeah. it. Like it was. Yeah, I'm was, glad you did. Yeah, I texted that to Biff immediately. It's like poor Biff is probably doing something. I'm just deciding <laughs> to text him a live like a streaming conscious of my thoughts of the film he was in. It's it's totally cool, man. I'm sure he, it was I'm good, sure though. If it was it. negative, I just would have kept it to myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just you text him for half an hour straight of all shitty things and be like, yeah, man, dude, you suck. He's terrible. Yeah. I, how? Why did you make me watch this? <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, how did, so like the people you got together for this, are these, well, I, I knew Biff a little and he's a musician dude and you got a comedian so are these people all actors or yeah well taylor is yeah taylor's the lead he is a stand-up comic i've known him for about uh probably 15 years at this point he was in one of the first rock bands i got into non like non-pop musicians (laughs) because i was probably 13 or 14 and still listening to NSYNC and Britney Spears and stuff at that time. Yeah. So <laughs> he was in this really awesome band and my sister was actually in a band too. And they used to play shows together. So that's how I found out about his band. But, uh, when I moved back down here, we started, you know, talking and he's, I went to a lot of his stand up performances and I'm like, I really want to work with this guy cause he's hilarious. And so we finally worked it out where, you know, we could, we figured out if we shot it over, you know, however long it takes, but just on the weekends or like one or two days a week, he would be able to do it because he just had a new, you know, he had a, just had a baby recently before that. So we got him involved. And then I met Biff through, uh, he works at a video company and, uh, it's, we have a mutual friend, uh, Nick and he, Nick hired me for a shoot or to do some editing. So it was just Biff and I, at Nick's house while Nick was at work and we were doing our thing. And, uh, you know, Biff was playing some Midtown, which was one of my favorite bands. And, 
you know, just a lot of drive through record stuff from back in the day and just a lot of nostalgia stuff. And uh, I'm like, dude, I, I love this music. And, you know, it kind of just helped us bond a little bit. We ended up doing a job in Baltimore for Under Armour and we had to drive down, you know, how a three hour trip, work all day, do a same day edit an overnight edit and then drive back from Baltimore from there. So like we spent the entire day, he got car sick on the way back. We had to pull over on the turnpike, but <laughs> uh, I'll never let him live that down No, But um, so, you know, it was, it was cool. Uh, so we became friends through that. And then we took an improv class together in uh, at Count Basie theater in Red Bank. Uh, we're right around the corner from his house. And we're like, you know, from there we're, Cause I was, I had the script in the can for a little while. I was going to work on another project for a bit and just see, you know, eventually go back to raising the dead. And Biff kind of gave me the motivation to actually pursue it. And, you know, he, since he also does video work, it was a little bit of an extra help, extra hand knowing that I wasn't going to be doing it all alone. So through that, we ended up moving forward with producing it. So just, you know, having those two guys on board and then Colin, who plays uh, Taylor's brother in that, he plays Chet, uh, or Ched. Yeah, keep Ched. <laughs> Such a fucking ridiculous name. Um, <laughs> he uh, he kind of helped us out with kind of adding some extra jokes and plot points to the short and stuff like that. And that was also something I really enjoyed having such an awesome group of people working on it because it wasn't just, you know, I had a very good idea of where I wanted to go with everything. I had the script, I had the dialogue written out, but I knew even when watching movies and hearing things about directors who have, who like force the actors to stay word for word to the script, I always hated that idea and thought that if you're working with creative people and people who could bring something to the table and bring, you know, people who are so funny like Biff and Taylor are that it would be such a disservice not to let them have their input on it. So a lot of the time when we were shooting and everything, we, the day of, we would kind of spitball stuff and like, Hey, do you guys have anything better for this or anything that you want to work in? And then we would kind of go for, you know, kind of bounce it off. So it'd start a lot of time. It would start with like, for example, when they're outside of the bar in the line with like, what are you doing sitting out here looking like a homo? You know, Biff brought up or Taylor brought up that line and it was just kind of kind of going to go from there and just it would, that would be it. Just like another thing that he has such a terrible grasp on the English language that he's, you know, doesn't know what it's actually called. He thinks it's a homeless person is a homo. <laughs> <laughs> so so I'm like, why don't we say why don't we so yeah so like i bound he bounced that off idea i'm like why don't we just add like you know do you mean hobo and he's like no you don't look gay so he has both of those words <laughs> wrong so like it just kind of added to it so it's like you know it's a lot of a lot of working together it didn't stick exactly to the script but a lot of the main plot points and a lot of the stuff that i really wanted in there like the stuff with the the white hood stuff like that putting the light yeah. on top of the car yeah, like just a lot of a lot of those kind of things. Like I just made sure we we're in, but I wasn't opposed to kind of just going over stuff the day of and just seeing what we could add. Our favorite Midtown record. Uh, it's got to be the first. Uh, Save the world. Is the girl. Lose the girl. Yeah, it's it's funny. I'm actually my brother-in-law is Gabe's brother, so it's my sister ended up marrying Gabe from Midtown's brother. So whenever Weird. I see him, yeah. So whenever I see him at family events, I'm just so like, so you see Gabe like a lot. No, I mean he he just moved out to L.A. and yeah. uh, is and he still in um, Cobra? They I think they just broke up uh, earlier this year or the end of last year. But dude, that's so fucking weird. Yeah, dude. So it's like you know, growing up, Midtown was legit. Like I said about Taylor's band earlier being one of the first, but Midtown was legit the first band that got me into like punk music. If you could, you know, pop punk, but uh, I, 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 you're all right. So I think we're two fellow fellow thirty year old former scene kids. I'm close. I'm 28, but I'm getting uh, there. In yeah. the same range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, but yeah, I fucking was enamored with the New Jersey scene when I was younger. Dude, so many good bands. Everything. I don't know how, like, I don't know how New Jersey became the haven for like so many of these bands. Like, how Everyone. it just happened. Like, and it's still kind of happening. Like, the Front Bottoms 
or blown oh, up. Yeah, I wanted to ask you because you uh, you got a song in there. Yeah, yeah. So we I became obsessed with them in the last dude, like two weeks. So good. I used to when I left WWE, I was working part time at this band merch company in Asbury Park over here, and uh, called BandsOnABudget.com. In case anyone wants to check them out for affordable merchandise but anyway uh <laughs> i was doing that work and we did all their all the merch for their store i'm pretty sure they still do it now and i i wasn't i couldn't get into them at first and then i started actually listening to the record a couple times i'm like holy shit this is fucking awesome and i couldn't stop listening to it and they we actually i reached out to them and was like hey we're making this movie uh, we would you guys have any interest in actually being in it? We're gonna have them be in the scene where they're drinking and stuff, and uh, you know, just have the guys show up, and you know, they're all kind of hanging out, drinking together, and shit goes down. But you know, they're they're blowing up. They just signed a few by Ramen, and they're uh, you know, just put out their new record, so they're touring a lot, and weren't able to make it work. But they were like, you know, feel free to use the song, you know, in your trailer and stuff, and. I I think that I think the song really. Which song is it? It's I, a, um, I, I think just it's, discovered them like three weeks ago. Uh, it's, it's called it's called uh, the plan. Fuck jobs. Yeah. Oh, dude. I think so I, good. I, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I didn't put it together because I you know it's funny. I was like, so I work for like uh, for like an intensive outpatient service for like people with mental health and like substance oh, nice, disorder. Dude. That's awesome. And um, so thanks. Yeah. So I'm with a client. And we're in the car and listening to like our, our indie rock station and the front bottoms come on. And cause they're, you know, they're at that level. Like, and my client's like, ah, you should really check out this band. They're really good. And he's much younger than I am. So like, yeah, sometimes I'll listen to like, all right, I should try to find new music. So out of the blue, I remember being home. I was like, I'll just go on YouTube. And I actually remembered them for some fucking reason. So I end up putting on the West Virginia video. Oh, I was, I was in that too. And Biff was in too. Oh, oh, you're in that one too? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Me and like, Biff and I, Taylor were all in it. Yeah. I watched it and I'm like, that dude's hair looks really familiar. <laughs> so I had to watch it like five or six times. Eventually, I think I like. I hope Biff listens to this because yeah, been he better. I think I text him like, dude, are you in this video? And I was like, oh my god, you fucking know them? Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, that was the that was actually that happened between the us getting the song and you know I was first reaching out like they. We're like, yeah, like, let's, you know, first they were going to do the movie and then, you know, scheduling eventually led them to not being able to do it when we we're actually ready to film. And, uh, but they were like, yeah, we're sh- actually shooting a video in Asbury Park on Monday. We're just doing a party scene. So come, you know, come on by. Um, and, you know, so we all came by for some reason they put a raggedy Andy wig on Taylor. So that's probably why. If you were looking for Taylor, you didn't see him. He's okay. when the well, ca- Biff had that hair. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. So, but and Taylor looks totally. I'm pretty sure he's wearing a clown nose too. I don't okay. know why, but uh, so we we're all kind of there. Uh, I ended up borrowing a suit jacket, like one of the um, a blazer from Kieran in the band, and I was fucking dancing around like an idiot with a sword in my hand yeah. for some yeah, reason. Yeah. Okay. So, oh shit. Yeah. So uh, that's a good video too. Yeah, dude, it's awesome. It, it came out came out real real nice, and we we're all just you know. It was really chill too. It was a cool, cool shoot. Everyone was just relaxing and you know drinking and stuff. And uh, Dude, their music is so strange in the best way. It is. Their lyrics are just so remember memorable too. Make, like in a way, like it doesn't make sense, but they yeah. have such pop sensibility. Yeah, totally. Like, and sometimes I'm like, those parts don't belong next to each other. Even <laughs> in the video you're in, yeah, where it's like ride or die, brother. Like it's like real fast. I'm like, that doesn't make sense, but I love it. it, it I know. Just don't question it. It's no, I, <laughs> I, I really think they're they're like I'm I'm super like really into them right now. But uh, let's go back to the our favorite time frame, the the Midtown um, era. So like so like. Did you were you part of the New Brunswick scene? Is New Brunswick and Asbury Park? I don't my geography of Jersey's a little. They're long. they're pretty. They're about uh I'd say an hour apart. So like um, so, so 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 for me who's far away that sounds like the next door. But when you live there, it's like exactly that's what that's like everyone thinking was. the Jersey Shore is one location. And okay, so me, I just learned that my wife's from Jersey, and I still don't quite understand that it's not just the seaside height visit I did once. Yeah, I don't want to go I was, back. I was just having this conversation with uh with my girlfriend the other day because we were watching we were for some reason and this is how I know I'm getting old we gotten really into HGTV yeah and that's it <laughs> yeah that's the one and be, that and I've walked I was walking around with a heating pad attached to my back all night yesterday but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and uh, so they 
had the location like people were looking to move to new jersey you know on the beach and stuff and every location they went to it was just the jersey shore but i work as a uh my main job now i work as a real estate photographer so i'm constantly going to different houses throughout new jersey and just taking pictures when people are looking to sell and uh and they i know the places that they were at and they're it's within the like hour and a half span of each other but somehow it's all just the jersey shore and yeah. we're like how do people not you know people who especially people who are shooting a show there like you know you can't just name the towns like you do for every other episode <laughs> you do like why i always thought it was one because like my i had been to seaside heights once and then i was like all right this sucks and Dude, my wife said, oh, the worst. We, we should go to the Jersey Shore this summer. I'm like, no, I'm not fucking going there. It sucks. She's like, no, we're going to go to Point Pleasant. I'm like, I'm not going Point, to fucking yeah. Jersey Shore. And then she had explained to me how they're, like, they're two different locations, two different places. Like, uh. And yeah. do, you, um, do you happen to know of the band The Scandals? Yeah, yeah. I saw them. Uh, I think they opened for I went to I went to see Gaslight in uh, Providence last year. Uh, I don't know if you you're a fan of Gaslight Anthem, but one of my th- oh oh I was at that show you, with this uh, February twenty eighth or twenty seventh. Yeah, my friend, uh, my good friend Dan Shields was their merch, the Scandals merch guy. Nice, and, yeah, uh, I was at that show, yeah. Yeah, and um, Sean from the Scandals has been on the show as well. Awesome, and, yeah, they were they were great. I really yeah, I hadn't heard I, of them before, but I really got into them. I'm trying to get well. I like I have a friend who knows them very well, and I've been trying to get one of the Gaslight guys on here, but I haven't done a good job at like doing it. Sometimes I get too scared. I might uh I well I loosely know one of the guys. I could probably reach out to him and see. Uh, he's also because that's the one I've no, been trying. No, I know uh, I know Alex. Oh really? One of the Alex. Alex. Uh... Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. I've been yeah because uh, I know my a friend of mine uh, who's been on Derek Riley is like he plays in Bottom Feeder with Denny, so he knows all those dudes. Um, now, now the pressure's on though, because if people are listening to this and we don't have Alex on the show, it's going to be Alex Levine. I think there's two Alexes in the band. Yeah, yeah, they're actually that's man, the Fifty Nine Sounds, dude, possibly one, one yeah. of my favorite albums ever made. Me too. It's and then so incredible. Every album they put out after that was great. Yeah, that was a cool night because it was the first time in my life where um someone asked to come on the show. Um, Colin from the band Entropy, because mm-hmm. uh, he knew my friend Dan, and he's like, oh, I love coming to your show. Sometimes like. Okay. That's awesome, man. That's, That's gotta be such a great feeling. It felt weird, but it was, no, it was wonderful. But yeah, oh, I, yeah, I, I had a, I used to have a ton of connections, like a lot of friends in the New Jersey scene, but they're all like North Jersey, like, um, I, the only one I still talk to to this day would be the band Folly. I oh still yeah, see. oh dude, I, I haven't listened to them in years. Oh yeah, yeah, I was, um, uh, my, it, in Sarah, uh, such a weird world, my good friend from high school just ma- is married to their guitarist and, uh, so that was the band that we fell in love with and had just stayed friends with over these years. Yeah. So uh, I wish I wish I was like three or four years older because I used to go to uh I used to go with my parents when I was young. I was probably ten or eleven at the time, and we would pick up my sister who was in bands at that time and she, at the Wayne Firehouse in New Jersey. And like I didn't know at the time. I was like, Oh, well, she's you know, whatever, going to a concert or something. But now I find out it's like you know, saves the day. Who's playing that yep. stuff? Like Midtown, all these probably. Midtown, like so this all these, yeah, like all these awesome bands that like I would have loved to see. And it's in it was in like this small venue. And meanwhile, I'm like sitting outside like an asshole, just with your mom. Yeah, What's in the it, in the back seat. Uh, they're called Avery. Okay, yeah, it's like there's three three girls, and they kind of rotated guy drummers a few times. But did they ever go to Connecticut? They probably did actually. Yeah, I think they, they did I, a few times. That'd be the only way I would have seen them. Yeah, they uh. Yeah, they, I mean, they put out a couple albums. They're actually, I, you know, I would have listened to them even if it wasn't my sister's band. So, but oh, I'm gonna look at them. Did you ever listen to a band called Paulson? I know the name, but uh, yeah, I, I don't think that. I ever actually listened to them. But yeah, I was huge into the drive through record uh, oh, bands. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah, I was what actually the... just listening to some earlier today. I, I was oh, feeling yeah, nostalgic. Because I, <laughs> I actually, I like almost only listen to that stuff sometimes. It's kind of bad. Where I like need to listen to new music, but I always have the same like ten records I go back to. Yeah, and Dude, a lot I... of the time it's like drive through band. Like, well, I mean, man, you got to give drive through credit though because like some of those acts that they had were members who go on to be, like. I mean, that Steel Train becomes like fun and uh, mm-hmm. what's the other band he's in now? Bleachers, Je- Bleachers, and yeah. then you know, 
uh, Jack's uh, something corporate is Jack's mannequin, and then Newfound Glory is still around, and there's probably a million other stories of bands. Gabe did Cobra, Cobra, yeah. Oh yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, so there's like, yeah, there's so many. Andrew McMahon's blown up now. He keeps playing yeah. with, yeah. He's, I mean, you, I know you just mentioned, yeah, music. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm actually get... seeing him. He's doing like one off date. I, and on, well, he's doing more, but one of the off dates on that tour, he's doing a headlining show in Providence, like down the street from my house. Oh, that's awesome, and man. He played a free concert at our park last year, and it was one of the best con- He's actually, I, he actually might be like one of my favorite artists. Like, if I he's really, great. Like, and I listened to his entire catalog. Do you ever see that documentary about, like, it's basically like was, the Jersey Bastards the Young? I was just gonna, uh, I was just gonna watch that the other day, actually. Oh man, I got to interview someone who's in that documentary, and actually Paulson's in it too. So that was oh cool yeah, about. nice. But like, um, if you do you listen to the podcast going off track? I don't know if you listen to podcasts at all. No, I I do a decent amount. A lot of I've been in, listening to a lot of true crime podcasts re- nice. randomly, and then and then went from that to comedy bang bang. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think like I listened to the one episode with uh uh. What's the dude from Silicon Valley? Uh, Paul Middleditch or no oh, Tom, Tom Middleditch? Yeah. yeah, and uh, him and Lauren Lapkus. Oh God, Lauren, and that was probably the funniest episode I've ever heard of anything. No offense to yours because yours is good too, but oh. <laughs> I think I think we're all okay saying yeah. God, it's a lot bigger and better. Oh, God, are you kidding me? That's yeah, like a, no, but that's a fucking that's like a. Well, I saw an article on Split Side, and it's like they're the jam band of podcasts. Yeah, dude, they're it's just it's always been so there. good. Yeah, no, it's it's incredible. It's so, best. oh my god, it's so fucking funny. Yeah, so that. I've been listening to that. I've been listening to every single, almost every episode that Lauren Lapkus has been on. She always says characters, and her characters are so She's good. So fucking funny. Yeah. You, you, I don't know if you ever watched uh, Steven's Untitled Rock Show and Fuse way back in the day. No, no. Uh, it's those dudes started a podcast now, and it's like uh, Jonah Bear, Stephen Smith, and then um, a lot of times Benny from Gaslight guest hosts. But it's basically, if you go through it, all the musicians and bands that you've loved and comedians will come on at some point and That's just awesome. like kind of bullshit. It's one of my favorite shows. But so Jonah uh, was actually in that documentary. Uh-huh. But so I had I, the, the first thing I said to him was like, because his sister is Vanessa Bear, who's like, you know, famous. Yeah. But I was like, I actually knew who you were and I didn't know who your sister was. So I think <laughs> I made him pretty happy. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he's I'm sure he gets that a lot where it's the other other way around. So I was like, yeah, do you, remember that emo documentary that probably no one saw, but I fucking love and I still own. And there's uh that great scene when oh you'll love it. There's a Midtown's in it. Yeah, I I'm pretty sure like it's pretty old. It's Thursdays. I now. think you know I think I actually did see it, and now that I'm we're talking about it, I didn't realize it was the same same thing. Like I'm pretty sure I th- is John Nolan in that a lot or a decent amount, like Taking Back Sunday stuff and like. Is he? It's been a while since I watched it. Yeah. It would not be impossible. It might be. I don't know if it's the same one. I remember watching this documentary like a year or two ago about like, yeah, there's like Midtown. I know a lot of Taking Back Sunday people. I know John Nolan just because uh, I was I really like Stray Light Run. I thought they were yeah, awesome. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, and I went to see uh, when I was in high school, right out of high school, the Get Up Kids broke up and we couldn't handle it on a, a <laughs> emotional level. Like I was like me. We, we were all there, man. Yeah, we all yeah, were so there with you. They were playing Worcester, Massachusetts, and some, and probably Starland. But my friends and I decided let's go to Toronto to see the Get Up Kids and make a four day trip out of it. And Straylight Run was the surprise opener. That's awesome. Oh man, one of the one of the better moments. And then years later, I go to see the Get Up Kids in New York City when they did their um, reunion before Bamboozle, and Brand New was a surprise opener. Damn, dude, that's sick. You got oh, you got good luck with that stuff, man. Yeah, it was, it was fucking good. dope. Yeah, the uh, we actually I saw when John Nolan I think he had just left Straylon and he was he releasing some uh, he released a solo record. He played this place called the Brighton Bar in uh, Long Branch. It's like ten minutes from where I'm where I live, and there were probably about ten people there. And he just did an acoustic set, but it was it was fucking awesome. He played all these Straylight songs did and everything. I I was close. I was his music it was very. Yeah. Uh, it, it pulls at your heartstrings, yeah. Yeah, existentialism on prom night. I don't know what it, at the right moment with the, her, the the female vocal in him, just like, woo. Yeah, a, dude, it's it's intense. It's an experience. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely been dumped and listened to tell all your friends like twenty five times in a row. Oh, you got to man, you got to do that. 
That is like the best. That and uh, I'm uh, my my go to uh, heartbreak song for a while was uh, from early November for the mother mechanic in the path. I think it was oh, uh, I forget which one it was. It was like it was uh, a thousand times a day, I think. But that's like the most depressing song you could ever think of if you're single and yep. hating <laughs> yourself. Right? Like yeah. <laughs> Exactly. My, I'm friend, like, my, my poor friend Lily had just gotten broken up with, and her and her boyfriend were supposed to go see uh, Andrew McMahon. Before, he, it was just him as a solo show in Boston, and we went. And I was like, no, no, I read he doesn't play something corporate songs. So it was like us, my, my now wife, and her brother came in his place, and he played all these fucking great songs. He's like, all right, I don't do this often, but for you guys that will, and he played Constantine. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel, I feel like you're just like slipping these guys like $20 bills to book these bands oh. and b- break all these rules for you oh <laughs> before God. the shows. Poor Lily. And she was, this is only like two or three years ago, and she just bawled her eyes out. Oh, my God. And that's the song. It's like a fucking hour-long song. Yeah, but it's it so good. It just does not stop. It's, just, it's such a good... So it started... It start, I put on... Uh, I think starting line radio the other day on Spotify yep. and yes. Const- Constantine came on and I'm like in the middle of the work day. I'm like, I can't do this. I can't listen to this now. It. Yeah. I need to, I need to skip it. I'll come back to it later when I'm in the mood, but that's just going to ruin my whole day. If I listen to the song right now, I love uh, Yeah. I in the, in the best way, but yeah. Homegrown's another one. I didn't know. Oh notice. yeah. Uh, Phoenix TX. I've been really oh my God. To a lot. So good. I just really like pop punk. I think, and Alkaline Trio, I think, is like that. Yeah. There's the, the era of them I just cannot turn off. Actually, Front Bottoms replaced my Alkaline Trio obsession. Really? Because I was just, listening to Alkaline Trio for like a year straight, and now it's like I just can't turn off the Front Bottoms. Yeah, dude. Yeah, Front Bottoms are just – they're great. They're one of the few bands that I could all – like the first few times listening to them, I'll be able to – actually sing along and know the know the lyrics just because they're so distinct right? and like only, storytelling only the only chorus that could exist about killing a spiker spider and put it in your pocket yeah that I, like or like my favorite line that almost makes me laugh is like that song about like beating up his dad but it's like you're pushing your luck i know yeah it <laughs> makes me laugh so hard like that's so fucked up i know it was like i'm sure there's some deeper meaning to the song that beyond like what there is but it was at skate and surf last year or yeah, I think it's skating server. I don't know if they went back to bamboozle, but yeah, they they played and he's like, "This is for you, Dad." And like the dad was in the crowd, you know, Aww. watching him. But it was like, yeah, I had a dream I was beating my dad with a baseball bat, and I'm like, "This is like the worst song to like dedicate to your dad." <laughs> it sounds like you really want to kill him right now. You're like, "Hey, I, I love yeah. you." But- <laughs> Are they funny? I bet they're like really funny guys. Yeah, they're they're really cool guys. Um. They were, you know, we got to hang out on that video shoot and stuff, and especially when we're done shooting and they could actually relax and hang out there. They're all very chill. And uh, they're very, some of them were pretty quiet, but like Brian was awesome, dude. Matt was, yeah, Matt was a great guy. And uh, they're, all, they're all cool, you know. I probably wouldn't be the best person to get a character, you know, account of them. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, like that one time we hung out, like they were awesome, so. That, oh, I know, isn't that an awkward yeah. thing? Like you meet someone once and like I'm like, don't judge me off this one interaction. Sometimes I probably pissed so many people off just because they thought I was like my social awkwardness and my yeah. my resting bitch face that I have that <laughs> is like people probably hate me right now. They're like this asshole who's you know just judging me right now. Meanwhile, in my head, I'm like, oh god, mid-time, like mid-time, mid-time, yeah, mid-time, exactly. Mid-time. <laughs> yep. Do I like the faulty foundation demo better or the final track they put? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like let me think about this. This will definitely make good uh, party conversation right now. Hey, remember this obscure? Well, that won't, I don't. Midtown's not ex- obscure, but this is a band that wasn't as. <laughs> remember that band from the real world? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that's the reason why they refused to play "Let Go" on their reunion concerts. Oh God! And I was so mad. I I went up to Gabe after. I'm like, dude, where, what happened to "Let Go"? Like, I, I was waiting for that song, and he's like, man, fuck that song. And I didn't really want to go into it anymore because <laughs> I didn't want him to hate me. See so. at Christmas. <laughs> yes, yeah, or Hanukkah. I could do that and we'll never talk again. But he actually has <laughs> yeah. to see you for the rest of your lives. Seriously, yeah. He's uh, like, he's I've I've never because they're Jewish, so I they do all their uh all their. I don't know. I don't really. I don't want to sound ignorant. I don't know a lot of the names of the holidays that they celebrate, but um, they do a lot of those. And I've never been to any of those, like uh, Passover. I've never been with him, but I always see them at my niece and nephew's birthdays and stuff. And uh, so that's always cool. They actually just had a baby too. So, oh, congrats, uh, Gabe. 
but, <laughs> but they, I mean, I haven't met the baby since they've been out in California, but um, I'm sure we'll have a family get together at some point. Maybe you should direct the next video for them. I should if they ever get back together. So I'm pretty sure they're not. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> that, yeah, I I just wish because they had those three Midtown reunion concerts a couple years ago, and it was just so fucking good. Like I had to work a wedding for one of the days of skate and surf that they played, and if it wasn't for my really good friend, I would have skipped the wedding just to see them play again for That's the third good. for the third time that week. <laughs> so, uh, but. I was just, you know, I wish they would just have a longer run back together. I think they're all doing their own thing now, but uh, yeah, that was that was just Can you awesome. Imagine being like an adult and being in a band. Seriously, they had so many, and they they played a secret show, a secret warm up show, I guess, for before Skate and Surf, and they had people who were there with like Heath and Tyler, I think, and they would have like you know actual human people jobs now, <laughs> and uh, they had people in the crowd and stuff like i could hear some of the people and be like i can't believe like he's actually doing the like people they work with in their office i don't know i think one tyler might have an office job or something but like to see you know i've always looked at them in this light because obviously i was a big fan of the band but knowing people who only know him through work i'm like how can you not know of these people beforehand <laughs> like that he could do this it's just it's yeah, a, yeah it's, it's so crazy thing. yeah it's funny when you I remember being younger and like meeting like a band that I love and then seeing them working at Best Buy and like oh. <laughs> I don't, yeah we ran into this one I so vividly remember this this band Veronica uh, they were they had one song that I really liked and then I randomly ran into him he was our waiter at uh, I think Ruby Tuesday or TGI Fridays and I was like this just shatters my entire image of the band right now like because you don't picture people actually doing stuff outside when you were younger like you thought that's what they do they're in a band and i'm like what are you doing here like you know actually working and making money like what the hell do you think you're doing it's so it's it's a it's such a weird world and hard to make money in and then you find out anyone who like who is it like the some of the dudes from like thursday were like the drummers for like they drum for like a boy band. Oh yeah, or like a lot of, a lot of reality studio, TV shows. Yeah, a lot of studio albums too and stuff like that. And yeah, there's a lot of and there's like a, a lot of guys like that. Is it is it Midtown? Is I don't know other names. There's this dude Matt Rubano. I don't know what he. I think he's in the All American Rejects and something else. But he's like studio Probably. guy slash comedy guy. Yeah, I, I'm not podcast. too sure. Yeah, but like it's it, it always strikes me as that. I'm like oh so I guess. You do have to play for. Oh, it's the drummer for Miley Cyrus is from like American Hi-Fi. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that sounds about right. But I forever. Mean, but so yeah, but still, like I mean, out of if you at least get to make a living, if it's not in your own band, like you're oh, so I mean, you're I so mean, playing it. Yeah, you're playing an instrument that you love, and you're you know get to do it for different musicians. Pretty pretty sick gig. Imagine if like all of us seeing kids held that accountability to politicians. Seriously, dude. <laughs> this would be a much better world than like, oh my god, you signed to a label too big, and I'm like, why? Why do I care that the band I like wants to actually, uh, you know, have health insurance and that's, pay some bills and that's my music? That was my biggest pet peeve. That's always been such a big pet peeve of mine. I've had good friends of mine who would say to me, not knowing that it's a pet peeve of mine, but just saying it in general, just saying like. That, uh, for example, one of my friends in college, obsessed with Paramore, and yeah. then and then Paramore got big and on the radio, and she's like, I can't listen to them anymore because people are gonna be singing along all the time and stuff like that, and it's gonna be annoying. I'm like, you were one of the biggest Paramore fans I've ever known, and you are just gonna give up on them like that just because more people are gonna be listening to them. Like, what the hell is? I just never got yeah. that. And like, and if you don't. And if, if and if uh, if people don't get into them, that band breaks up and then doesn't play again. Exactly. Can't afford it. Yeah, but but you know you know a band that not a lot of people know, so you must be cool for doing that. Oh uh, yeah, that's um. I, and that's what that's what really matters in the music industry. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want to sell as little records as possible. And, and tour. yep, never tour. Absolutely. Well, you've never heard of this obscure band that put out one seven inch. Yeah. This uh, I one of the there's and you a, call yourself a music fan. I think there's I forgot this dude uh, Jeff Garlock who's uh he's been in a bunch of bands but he when I was he was on the show but he made this funny joke which is so accurate of like every oral every oral history about like pertaining to scene is I'm not gonna do his joke right so but it's very funny 
but it's just like how you have to, every, you have to try to do his voice at least. Okay. I don't even know if I could. <laughs> but every scene was better before you got here, essentially, and like that's so true. Every oral history was like it was better before you were here. Yeah, <laughs> so that's basically well. Yeah, well they blah blah blah. Yeah, sounds like, about right. Yep. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh man! Uh, so we start to, I guess, start to wrap it up. Wow, that was an hour. I wasn't yeah. looking. Reason right through, nice. man. Awesome. Um, so where can people uh, buy the movie? Yeah, so we have it. We have it available on our website, raisingthedeadfilm.com. Uh, we have it up for five bucks now, and you know we're just honestly just using that money not only to pay the fee to hack, have this uh, video, have the movie on the website that we're selling it on that takes care of all that stuff for us, you know, just automatically delivering it to people when they pay for it through PayPal, through the site. Um, we're paying that monthly fee, but anything that we make off of that is just submitting it, the film to more festivals. So it's not going in our pockets and it's just helping the movie get exposure. So any, you know, if people want to help out and support, try to help us get a little more exposure, get in a couple more festivals because that shit's fucking expensive. It's like forty five bucks, fifty bucks per uh per festival and nine times out of ten we're not gonna get it in, just the nature of it. So uh that was one of the most expensive things so far. Is there far. any chance you guys could would go for like a, if if you were able to Because, like it really loaned itself for a feature or like a dude the the, the pairing I mean if you haven't watched this, you gotta watch it people, I promise you it's worth every penny. But like the pairing of uh, Biff and Taylor, they, I want to see like a fucking Netflix original ten episodes of those two. That's, like that, yeah, that's funny. It's funny. That would be well, my dream. So we're actually, we're actually, I developed it as a TV show recently, and I've been trying to reach out to any contact that I have, like six degrees of separation, all this stuff, uh, you know, just to try to get any kind of contact for someone to take a look at what I have because I think it would work really well as a TV show. Uh, I think it could go beyond what I wrote as a feature where the ending can, it could logically continue m- more seasons. So I'm, I'm actually actively right now trying to pitch it to different networks and partner up with a larger production company who has more of a history, more credibility of producing narrative TV shows All right. and uh, trying to, trying to make that happen. It's just, if you're not in Hollywood, it makes it a million times harder. So I'm, I'm talking to people I haven't talked to in years to who have, who have since, you know, gotten jobs in, you know, different, you know, venues, just seeing if they have any contacts and, you know, trying to pull favors from people. I have a couple people who are helping me out. Um, It's just a matter of, you know, getting one response from, from one person, getting one pitch meeting and, uh, but yeah, the ultimate goal right now is to either get the film produced, like, you know, we'll reshoot everything, but produce it either as a feature or what I'm more actively doing right now is a TV show. So I actually recut it recently as a pilot, you know, just I took out the opening credits and stuff and just kind of did more generic credits over the video and kind of shortened it a little bit. So we have everything ready. I have a long ass treatment ready to go with details about like a potential what a potential first season would look like with all the episodes laid out like i'm i'm good to go i'm just trying to you know trying to get the contacts is the hardest part so if anyone out there knows <laughs> anyone please 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 uh where can people find you to reach out for you uh if they have someone uh well you could either message uh raising the dead uh if well, it's facebook.com slash raising the dead film uh you can message us there uh my Facebook, you know, just shoot me a message there or, um, you know, my email is drewjerseyproductions at gmail.com. So anybody who is looking to help a brother out, you know, just need a, just trying to get a meeting and I will take it from there. Cause obviously you could tell from this podcast, I'm very good with words, you know, so clearly I'm not socially awkward or anything at all. So I will be able to talk, <laughs> I will be able to talk myself through that. Oh man, I I have one person I can think of that I'm going to text tonight to see what that means. If they can. I have a friend who lives in LA and like works in post production, so maybe they know someone. Yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's what awesome. we're here for tonight, people. We're gonna let's get this show happening. Yeah, hopefully by the time this airs, that we will already have this on the air somewhere and uh, ready to go. <laughs> no, it, we uh, that TV works that fast. <laughs> it it really does, especially if this airs tomorrow. I still hope that happens because I'm. 
you know, it's just it's just how it goes. It's funny because when Biff came on, um, it was he was one of the first movie people. I was like, oh yeah, it was just more of a schedule thing. I'll do it now. We'll wait till the movie comes out, and then it was like months and months and yeah (laughs) Yeah, sorry about that (laughs) no no it's funny i was like thanks for thinking my show would still last that long yeah i thought i would have quit by now yeah seriously well i'm glad that worked out yeah glad you got it going on man but yeah yeah, it's uh it's been a process man we we yeah we shot the whole thing over a year and it's and then well like over a good part of the year and then the rest was for uh spent on editing it but it's just a, it's such a long process, especially when people aren't able to do it full time. They're just making it work for everyone's schedule. But man, I'm very happy with how it came out. Our premiere event was probably one of the best days of my life. And just having people there, having people actually laughing along with something when your worst nightmare is that people are just going to be silent throughout the entire thing. And, uh, you know, so I'm very glad that didn't happen. <laughs> that, yeah, but. Uh, it's it's just crazy that we have something done out of all the work that we put into it and and it's good. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. I'm it's funny because I I know I'm in it. I'm so involved with it, but even when we screened at a film on a film festival a few weeks ago and I watched it probably for legitimately the hundredth time all the way through, I was still laughing at some of the parts with Biff and Taylor and stuff and just oh, such cracking me up. Yeah. They have, I'm, I'm trying, cause I'm working on a couple projects now. Like it, I'm working on a new feature script now, just well, nice. just so I don't drive myself crazy trying to wait and hear back from people who probably, you know, I may never hear back from them about getting the meetings and stuff. So I'm trying to keep myself busy with that creatively and I'm trying to like, I have this idea, but then I'm like, this doesn't work. It wouldn't work to have Biff and Taylor in it as the leads. And that kind of bums me out. So I'm trying to rework, see if I could rework it a bit. So it's them. And then like one other, it's like an older dude in the in the script. I don't really have it developed enough to <laughs> give too much away, but uh, it's, yeah, they just have such good chemistry and I can't wait to work with them again. That's so great. Oh, thank you. Thank you for doing this, man. This is wonderful. This is a ton of fun. And, yeah, man. Thanks for having me. 